tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. Sir, what's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Post Radio, in the building for another special edition of the show on today. First and foremost, over the past few months, you know we've been super sports focused. So we're going to go a bit, I guess, sports adjacent because on today, I'm going to be talking about the new reboot of the Paramount Plus original series, The Game. And I know I played you the intro. About a minute or so ago, it ain't like that, all right? I actually sort of argue that maybe they shouldn't have rebooted the game because it's not the same. But before you listen to this, I need you to follow Pulse Radio 100 on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, and also Pulse Radio on YouTube. I want to start with that because y'all might not like what I'm saying, so just follow me or just rock with me for a little bit because, listen, I am a huge fan of the game. I have been a fan of the game for probably half my life because the initial run of the game uh, started in 2006. It ended its initial run on the CW in 2009. I was too young, you know, to watch it in 06. But when I was in middle school, I watched a lot of the syndication reruns on BET. And I didn't get a chance to see, you know, in that moment, the ending of the CW run. But I was like an appointment viewing fan and supporter of the game when it came to BET. And I actually didn't mind the BET edition. I know a lot of folks didn't like it, and I know y'all hated it when Derwin and Melanie were not on the show anymore and the ratings sort of showcased it. So the ratings numbers for season five, which was the last last full season with Derwin and Melanie, 5.28 million viewers, and it got a 2.8 rating in the 18 to 49 demo in that premiere episode of season five. And then season six, you saw 2.54 million and a 1.2 in the 18 to 49 demo. That was a 3 million drop and a ratings drop that was precipitous. Almost two points in the 18 to 49 demo. So y'all told BET, we don't want it. If it ain't Derwin and Melanie on the show, we don't want it. But I did not mind it. I thought that Lauren London and Jay Ellis that were Kira and Blue in the show, I thought they did a great job. All right. And also, also I did like Brandy as Chardonnay. It was very much so different from the roles she's played before, such as Moesha. But I thought she did a really good job, and I started to fall in love with that character. Now, granted, season nine finale on BET, I was not rocking with it because they tried to rush it so much because they wanted to bring Derwin and Melanie back, and we know we want that closure, and that was supposed to be the end of the series definitively. Brought it back on BET. It was a big old campaign where fans were writing BET to get it back on the air. In 2009, going into 2010, it was a big old campaign back in the day. They granted your wish. Now we're going in 2015. It's over. All right? It's over. All right? But they've now brought it back. You know, I was hearing about a reboot coming back. I heard they were going to move, you know, the show to the East Coast instead of it being in San Diego. And my idea, I had an idea for that. All right? Because I've been hearing about the reboot for years. My idea, I had two different ideas to make the game like really pop off. Follow Derwin to Baltimore, right? And do a new series where he's on that Baltimore football team and he's meeting some brand new characters. And now he's a veteran that's joining a new team. 
So it's almost like he's a rookie again. You know, I thought that that would have been really cool. And then y'all could have created of the game universe, like 50 Cent has the power universe. Like that could have been something really big for BET. Or just start it over. Just do a whole different franchise. Like how you do with Love Nip Hop on VH1. Like just do it like that. Just do like, hey, this is maybe the game Atlanta. The game Miami. And then you can find a way to intermix and mingle the characters together within that same universe, like, you know, the Avengers Endgame. You know what I'm saying? So, like, do something along those lines, and that would have been a really cool TV event, and you would have gotten new fans, given new actors and actresses the opportunity to shine within the franchise. But they didn't do that. But in December 2019, it was announced that they would be doing a revival and that it was planning to go on the CW and I was like, okay. And they said they're going to go to the East Coast. I'm like, did y'all read my mind? Because I wasn't doing the podcast at the time. I didn't speak on it publicly. Are y'all like reading my mind? Because I think that y'all are going to do what I said y'all are going to do. And they didn't. All right. And then, you know, we didn't hear a lot about it. But in 2020, we started hearing that they were going to film it. And it was going to be on CBS All Access, now Paramount Plus. All right. And then in May 2021, they had said, okay, we're bringing it back officially and we're bringing back all the main cast. Hand claps. All the main cast. Well, not all the main cast. Because Melanie's not going to be a part of it. But basically, pretty much all the main cast. And I guess TT didn't get the memo. But basically, all the main cast and the main characters are going to be Tasha Mack and Malik Wright. All right? So, I just want to let you know about the history and let you know where I stand on history. And I want to let you also know that I bought Paramount Plus just to watch the game. I think it's a great streaming app. I just didn't feel the need to go out and buy it on top of the other streaming apps I have. But I was like, if the game is coming back, it's coming back on November the 11th, I'm going to check it out. But spoiler alert, I was very disappointed in the first two premiere episodes. And we're going to talk about it. But I want to read this excerpt from the New York Post from Joe Keller. Joe Keller enjoyed the first two episodes. He said, if you're expecting gut-busting laughs, that you didn't watch the later seasons of the original series, which veered more towards drama than anything else. There's enough that's funny to generate some chuckles here and there, but the show then and now is character-driven, and Gregory and his writers have done a good job creating new compelling characters especially Henbron as Jameson, who will keep trying to make a team even though people won't forget his past. And Joe Keller, God bless you, brother. I don't know what show you were watching because the writing was very much so odd. It was rust. It wasn't really defined. And I don't think it's going to get any better. And I want to make this bold declaration, and I said this on Twitter. If you are a fan, an OG fan from 2006 to 2009, Darren and Melanie, y'all were shipping them. Y'all were like really rocking with Malik and all the different characters, you know, Jason and Kelly. Y'all were rocking with them. I promise you, you will not like this reboot. And especially if you hated the BET version, listen, don't even look this way. Don't watch the trailer. You're going to get upset. You're going to throw your phone. You're going to break your TV. And listen, 
all these devices are a lot of money. All right. So you don't want to, you know, waste your money on getting a new thing. We can just take my advice. And this is not for you. If you <laughs> did not like the BET season, boy, I'm telling you, you're going to call for the resignation of everybody that <laughs> tried to revise this show. I promise you. All right. But let's go on and get into the first episode, A Taste of Vegas, part one. So essentially they open up the show and they're introducing the new setting. It's now going to be in Las Vegas and the new team that the show is going to be centered around is called the fighting fury. All right. The Las Vegas fighting fury. They're an expansion team. Uh, they're owned by Colonel Ulysses S Thatcher. That is the character's name. Uh, like I, I, I'm thinking it's a former president that came back to life <laughs> or, or, or a former union general from back in the day that then owned the team. But no, this is like the character's real name. And they have this standout star, Garrett Evans, and they start, you know, with this backdrop of like a commercial at Viacom CBS Arena. And I'm like, product placement. Okay, come through product placement. Because listen, if I did something, I would call it Pulse Arena. All right. Uh, from Pulse Radio Studios. Like, I, I would do that. I'm not going to lie. So I rock with the product, the product placement. All right. So the writers tried their best to reintroduce Tasha and Malik in the way that we remember them, right? So you have Tasha, you know, going off on her assistant because her assistant is sleeping with Malik, all right? And then you have Malik that's being a womanizer. He's planning to do this big old performance at, you know, the gala where he feels as if he's going to be introduced as the minority owner of the Fighting Fury because he's trying to retire and go on the ownership side. And basically he's the same old Malik, but Tasha and Malik were both really subdued. You know, they weren't the same. Like, they didn't give me the same snark that they did in the original series, which I think is expected because that was like 14, 15 years ago. But even from the BET series, it's not like the same snark and the same character that we saw from then. I get the actor and actress has grown in Hosea Sanchez and Wendy Raquel Robinson. I understand that. But I sort of want it to be a bit true to form. But also, I believe that COVID really has affected Hollywood in a big way. And of course, we know the clearly the clear medical effects. But I believe that with Hollywood, it's really hurt these productions because every production that I've seen that's had to fight through COVID, unless the crew was already scaled down and it wasn't a lot of characters on set anyway, it wasn't a lot of extras and a lot of action on set. It just looks artificial now. Like walking the streets and of Las Vegas, you know, you don't see a lot of people, you know, even at nighttime, it's Las Vegas. So you're telling me it's a street that Jameson is running down and ain't no one on that street. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just sort of odd. I'm like in Las Vegas. I'm, I've never been to Las Vegas, but Las Vegas is a pretty significant city. They call it Sin City. And that means you sitting up early in the morning. So it's like, what the world? So I thought that was pretty odd. Um, it, it, the game just doesn't look authentic anymore. Uh, and it, it looks like it's cheap, but it looks like a cheap drama. It looks almost like an independent movie. It gives me that feel. Whereas like, yeah, you have good cameras and you have your lighting like decidedly darker. But when you look at those BET seasons, especially later on, like season eight, season nine, like the way that they shot the game, it looked amazing. Like the dark type of feel, the cinematic movie type of vibe. It looked amazing. This one is HDs. It's given 4K, but it's not given that you're using the quality of the camera in the right way. All right. So you have this new character that I thought was the replacement of TT, right? 
So you have this new character, Caleb. All right, so Caleb is Malik's former college roommate that was killed in a car accident. All right, you heard me correctly. Caleb is Malik's former college roommate that was on the football team with him that was killed in a car accident that Malik survived. And he's now on the show. He's basically Malik's conscience, all right? And also, he smokes weed with Malik, and no one makes reference to him. No one looks at Malik like he's crazy. Caleb's just there, and he's having whole conversations with Caleb and smoking a blunt with Caleb. It's like, is this the new TT? Is this his plug? Is Malik now, first he was, you know, a, like, you know, he was like, you know, a, like a, a, a drunk. Now he's like a drug addict. Like what, like what is going on with Malik? And now he wants to own a, own a football team. It was very odd. And I was like, okay, if this is centered around Malik and Tasha, I need to see TT. I need to see TT and I need to hear his wit. I need to hear his sarcasm. I need to hear that. But Caleb being there just was sort of odd because they didn't really flesh out that storyline till later on in episode two. Because even at the end of the show, you have Malik get arrested and then Caleb hops out the car and runs away. And it's not like, you know, Malik is like, you're not real. Because if he's a ghost, you would think he would like disappear. So it was so weird. And then Malik... Several points in time in these two episodes was, I guess, smoking ghost weed. Very much so weird, all right? In the next scene, from this scene, we're introduced to the new main character. And I call this new main character, played by Dryan Ray, I call her Brittany Barnett Davis-Pitts. This is Brittany Pitts, y'all. So shout out to um, Dryan Ray. I like her as an actress. And if I'm saying her name wrong, I apologize. But... I love her as an actress. I love Ray as an actress. Uh, she was in Burning Sands. If you remember the scene where you had the woman that came in and they, and he, she, she was supposed to like mess around with the pledges. Uh, but then, you know, Trevor and the girl, like Trevor had a girlfriend who was Imani Hakim and they pretended like they were having sex. But then like they were, then like um, Ray and the girl that played that character in Burning Sands were talking about it at like a fast food restaurant and Imani Hakim, her best friend, hear about it. Yeah, she was in Burning Sands. So that's how, that's where I first found out about it. It's a few years ago. Um, I think she's a, she's a serviceable actress. She's out of the roles and it's not her. But my thing with her, with Ray's character of Brittany, is this ain't Brittany, all right? Now, Brittany in the show is now in crippling debt. She owes $900,000 in debt because she went to college. If you watch the BET show, I don't think it's fam you. Maybe it is because Brittany wasn't going to college because Jason wasn't going for it because Jason was not trying to pay for college. But then Chardonnay, you know, because Chardonnay is a fam you alum in the show. So Chardonnay made her want to go to fam you and go to an HBCU. So I don't know if she did go and transfer it. I don't know if she went to like a, a fancy school, got around her fancy friends and they're balling, they're stunned and she's trying to keep up with, with the Joneses, but they didn't specify that. All right. So she's with her friends and they're stunned. They're talking about their college experience. One of her friends is getting married. A debt collector comes to her house and is about to repossess the condo and basically embarrass her. So she has this picture of her dad hanging on the wall, Right. So the guy is a big fan of Jason Pitts. We did not see Jason Pitts this episode outside of that picture. She sees that the guy is a fan of Jason Pitts and bargains the this authentic, one-of-a-kind picture of Jason catching the game-winning touchdown in the 2008 championship, hearkening back to season two of the show when they won and Duran got injured. He was with Janae at the time. Um, and then they met, uh, they met in like the, uh, Duran and Melanie, they met in like the supermarket because she was with um, Jerome. 
Like it, it, it harkens back to that time of season two. So they're trying to link it back and give you that nostalgia, but I just don't think it worked. So Brittany bargains with the debt collector to get to give him, you know, the poster. And then like she is, it, it gets an extra day to move out. So she moves out. She has with her friend Raquel. All right. Raquel works at this club called joint 31. That's our joint 51. All right. Works at this club called joint 51. It's like a, a strip club too, I guess. Uh, I, I was a little confusing too. Um, and she's like a lounge singer slash waiter that's trying to pay her dues. All right. So she goes up to Las Vegas. She meets Jamison Fields. He's a former college standout who went to jail for three years for allegedly sexually assaulting a 16 year old white girl. And that's, that was how they phrased it in the show. All right. So basically his chances at a pro career is over. And, you know, he's working as a, a waiter as well at the, at the joint 51, as well as a male stripper. All right. So it was sort of, you know, odd, you know, how that worked out. But I actually think I'm going to like his character because Jameson is interesting. He has a different storyline of redemption that is a different play as of right now from the relationships that they drug, that they drug three seasons with Derwin and Melanie, although we loved it. And then they tried to reprise it, you know, with Blue and Kira. I think that his story of redemption and trying to come back from basically being canceled. And I think you're going to figure out that he took the rap because he didn't want to hurt the girl or it was a big misunderstanding. Maybe he didn't know that the girl was 16, like something along those lines where it's, it's a deeper story that can be impacted. So Mr. Mr. Keller that wrote for the New York post, I agree. I think that that storyline is promising, but with Brittany, Ray is just not convincing as Brittany. She gives me more Melanie Barnett Davis, sort of the sass, the cluelessness, saying dumb stuff all the time, doing dumb stuff. It's giving med school in the first season instead of like Brittany, who was played brilliantly in that BET run by Caitlin Smith. Because of course, Brittany's going to grow throughout the years. And she was a, and Brittany was younger with Jason and Kelly in the first run. She was like, what, five or six or seven when it was over. I think that Caitlin Smith, she would have been the best to reprise her role as Brittany. I think that Caitlin Smith encapsulates Kelly and Jason perfectly. You have like the sarcasm of Jason and his wit and him being cheap was a little bit of that. Then you have the extravagance of Kelly and then her being her own woman and standing up and doing what she wants to do. You sort of have both in one and this like bravado, you know, this, oh, I'm, I'm Brittany. Like it, it was, it was like, she really was giving that Jason Kelly combo perfectly. I think Caitlin was doing an amazing job and she was doing a lot of appearances as well. When the show was on BET, like at the BET awards, different activations for different brands. So I thought that maybe she would be good for this, but they've ditched her completely. You're not going to see Caitlin Smith unless she reprises a different role. All right. But I didn't like, I think Ray should have played a different character. Maybe Ray could have played the lounge singer Raquel because I want her to get her coins, get her check. She's amazing. I like her. But bring back Caitlin Smith because Caitlin Smith's gotten older too. She doesn't like she's looks the same or she's the same age. She's gotten older as well. And she's a serviceable actress. So I, I, I would have preferred they did it that way for a level of continuity. All right. And maybe Caitlin wasn't available, but I think they should have gone for her. All right. So Jameson and Brittany, now granted, I didn't say that they were not going to do the relationship saga. It looks like they're going to put Jameson and Brittany together. 
and they're going to talk and they're probably going to get together and it's going to be a conflict of interest because we saw that Tasha fired her previous assistant because her previous assistant was sleeping with Malik. And it wasn't, oh, that's my son. It's, oh, that's a client of Tasha Mack Agency. So you're fired because that's a conflict of interest. So we're getting a precursor and a teaser to Brittany now sneaking around on the low, messing with Jameson. And I think that's where like the comedic element is going to lend towards. But I hope that they don't just overdo that relationship saga and they make it where Jameson earns his spot on the fighting fury maybe malik does something tasha's gonna be his agent now so maybe tasha you know pulls some strings and makes something happen where hey i can you know, malik will join the team if if you bring in jameson and then something along those lines where where, where the colonel's hands are tied where it's like all right we want malik so bad we want a good starting quarterback that's championship experience that will bring jameson in or maybe i'm writing their next episode because they need to hire me. I'm just, just saying. I'm, I'm available. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm available if you need me, all right? Um, <laughs> but one of the more awkward scenes of, you know, the two episodes was they tried to have Malik do a performance at the Fighting Fury Gala where they're officially announced as a team. You have your owners. And, you know, um, he does a lifeless rap for a lifeless rap performance that's very similar to, like, Will Smith. And he was given very much so Will Smith when he was doing, you know, the performance. And, it just, it didn't hit. It wasn't the Malik that we're accustomed to. It was just very much so I'm doing this just to try to try to capture the essence of what the game used to be. But it was just certain things that didn't make sense with that scene. Number one, so the Ta- Tasha and the Colonel are sitting together. And then Tasha, before the performance, texts Malik, hey, the Colonel called an audible. Call me if you can. The deal has changed. So you're telling me that Malik believes he's an owner and a deal has not been signed. There's nothing that's been signed on the dotted lines, but we're believing that Malik is an owner. And Tasha is supposed to be this bigwig agent agent now. She has her own agency, maybe with her own junior agents or what have you, and you're still making rookie mistakes like this, so we're doing verbal handshake agreements, and Malik is in a commercial, so now he's the owner? that didn't really make sense to me and you know malik was like oh you played me would you do this to a white quarterback with four mvps three championships and millions of dollars in his bank account yeah he probably would number one but i I get what you're saying that is a clear inequity and they're trying to say that within the storyline they had a special appearance by carrie champion where carrie was interviewing the colonel in the first part of the episode and they're trying to make a broader narrative about team ownership in football and really in sports in general but I feel as if they're doing it the wrong way because Malik, you were finessed. Tasha, you were very much so finessed too. And if I was Malik, I'd fire you again because it's like, how, how could you not confirm if you're my, if you're my management and you're the one that's supposed to be negotiating the contract, how can you not get it signed on the dotted line and get that contract to me right through by a lawyer saying, Hey, there's no strings attached. I want you to be the owner. And I think that maybe they should just made Malik the owner and then Malik is now still Malik and then Malik going to mess around and get himself out of being the owner. I thought that would have been a more compelling storyline that could have gone far. Now it's like, hey, he's in his position of ownership. Now we're seeing how he runs a team as a minority owner, but he's not the full owner. I would have loved to have seen that a bit more than what they're trying to do, all right? So Malik is coming to terms with the fact he's not the, the part owner of the theory just yet because they want him to be the quarterback then they'll accept his application and then things will go from there. 
So Brittany and Tasha meet each other. Once again, Ray is just not convincing as Jason Pitt's daughter. It's just so awkward because also another thing too is that Brittany hated Tasha. And then her and Tasha never truly amended. Yeah, they had the moment where Brittany and Kelly had their moment where they bonded uh, at the end uh, in season, I believe that was season eight. See, it was either season seven or season eight. They had like a bonding type of moment um, that was predicated by Tasha uh, when Tasha was pregnant. But they not they weren't cool. They had beef and significant issues. So it's not even pronounced that they've you know squashed it. It's just like, hey, Auntie Tasha, and then Tasha is gonna give her just a job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was it was just sort of odd. And it wasn't like I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for Kelly Pitts. Like that would have been cool to call towards that. Whereas like a little girl, we've had our issues. You know, I don't really care for you. You are very disrespectful. But Kelly's my girl, and I believe in forgiveness. I'm growing. So I'm going to give you a job. You have one shot. I think that that would have been better as a callback to the previous seasons because you're because now you have a continuity issue because you went from literally Brittany stealing weed from Tasha's purse to then all of a sudden now Brittany's working for Tasha. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. And they have this auntie-niece relationship. Auntie, can I ride in the car? Like, it's, it, it was very weird, all right? So it got even weirder. In the part I talked about earlier, all right, where Caleb and Malik are in the car and they're driving through Las Vegas, right, through Sin City, and Malik is smoking a blunt and a cop car gets behind them and they stop Malik and Caleb. In the shots, Caleb is still there. And then it looks like, you know, the, the cop is looking at Malik and Caleb saying, step out the car. Then Caleb takes off running. Malik said, hey, where you going? And then the cop handcuffs him. Doesn't make mention to who you talking to. Dude, what, what's wrong with you? You okay? Like nothing like that. It's just Caleb takes off running. So we're still led to believe that Caleb is a real person. So the second episode opens up where Jamison lets the cops know that this is Malik Wright. He's a part owner of the Fighting Fury because it's still not known by everyone, you know, that uh, Malik is not an owner. So, of course, Malik and Jamison have, you know, their words where, you know, they're cordial towards each other. And you have Jamison that asks, hey, I'm going to be at, you know, the walk-on tryouts. I would love you to be my QB for that. So Malik says, hey, I'm done with football, man, you know, but I I'll see you then. All right. And it sets up that Malik and Jamison are going to have that moment. So then from there, Brittany and Jamison have another exchange. That was sort of weird where Brittany keeps sort of disrespecting him. She says something about Jamison doing some acrobatic technique to cure his nervousness and calls his mom weird and his mom's dead. And I'm like, that's giving Brittany Pitts. <laughs> that's get Brittany would do something like that. All right. But I mean, it was just sort of odd, just the sequencing of it. And once again, I just think that Ray is not giving the best Brittany. She should have played another character because she's not convincing as Brittany to me. So we fast forward to tryouts and one of my favorite scenes from both the episodes was when you had Malik and Jamison. They were out there together and you saw sort of a Malik to Jason, a Malik to Derwin type of connection with them. And let's also not mention the fact that one thing that was different in the BET show that you did not see in the sitcom CW version of the show in the original run 
is that in, on the BET show, we saw them play football. We saw Malik and Blue on the field. Like that, the Quan Kirkland saga that was based off of an on-field incident where we saw Quan Kirkland get hit and we saw what happened, right? So that was a big part of the BET series. So I do like they're going to show us a little bit of football here and there. And I'm pretty sure a Viacom CBS show that has, you know, Sunday football as one of their staples of their programming. Like I'm, I would assume that they would lean into that and shoot that well and have like, like a, like a football show that leans towards that. Um, and I think that it was, it was beautiful. The music and even just the backlash for the storyline that they were calling Jameson a rapist. You had like some, some, some white folks that were up there. They had this, this sign that said Jameson Fields is a rapist and it sort of derailed him getting that shot. Even though the Colonel saw that Malik was really liking throwing with Jameson and that Jameson was like really good. And he still had his chops, still had his skills because he was a top ranked high school recruit. And then he was a great college athlete until he went down, you know, for, for the statutory rape charge, you know? So I, I, I thought that that was interesting. It was a, it was an interesting, you know, progression of the story. And then you could tell that Malik was sort of like not feeling it because he liked Jamison. He's like, you know what? If I have, if I have a wide receiver like Jamison, you know, I might come back. I, I might come back if I have a receiver like Jamison. It gives me that Derwin type of thing. But you could tell that Malik, when the Colonel didn't pick him, you could tell that like Malik wasn't feeling. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get out of Las Vegas. Let's go to another team. Let's do something else. Like, I, I'm not trying to be here. And then that's when we finally get the call back to knowing that Caleb, who's been there, who is all around Malik, is not real. And we find out that Caleb is actually dead, and that was Malik's college roommate. And I was like, what? Because I was preparing for the NBA update when I was first watching it because it came out on Thursday. And I found out it was on right before the NBA update show that I do on Colorcast. Make sure to tap in with that if you're an NBA fan. And like, I guess I missed it until they went to the graveyard. And then you had Caleb, like, you know, making Malik sing, happy death day to me, happy death day to me. And I'm like, who's like, so this, this guy is disrespecting your dead friend. And it's like, no, you are the dead friend. I'm like, what? It is just stills. It's so odd. I understand you trying to tie it into CTE and other like, you know, neurological disorders that football players can have as they get up, you know, they get hit throughout their years and they get up and they get older and we see that they suffer through these mental issues and they got to smoke weed to cope and take medication to cope. And you also did that in the BET edition because Chardonnay wanted Jason to stop playing football, but Jason was addicted to it. Like Chardonnay wanted Jason to stop and just continue on and just be this analyst, be retired, but Jason just didn't know life without playing football, and that caused a rift between him and Chardonnay in the BET series. So you did a similar version of it in the BET series, and you did it pretty well. I thought it was very convincing, one of the better storylines that came from the BET edition of the game. But I just wish they could have done this a bit differently, where maybe people are looking at Malik like he's crazy, and they're urging him to go get checked out, and maybe Malik can't play, and maybe it's Malik. Malik says, you know what, I got to do this. I want to be an owner. I love football. I'm not done with the game, so let me just go out there for a year. But then Malik just shows signs that mentally and, cognit and cognitively he's not there, and he's seeing things. He's seeing people. Maybe he sees, you know, his granddad, you know, Tasha's dad. Maybe he sees Caleb, you know, and then different stuff like that. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, there's something wrong with Malik. He needs to go get help. I think that maybe that wouldn't have been a better way to tell the story because just having Caleb pop up and then not pop up was sort of weird, all right? 
But I will tell you those two scenes with Randy Raquel Robinson and Hosea Chanchez and Hosea and the actor that played Caleb were brilliant. All right, so I cannot knock the acting and the performing. It was really good. It was just odd. And why was Malik smoking weed with a ghost? Someone answered this to me. Was the ghost weed real? Was he really just smoking a blunt and not passing it to anybody? Because that still doesn't make sense because how did the cop smell the weed if he's smoking the weed with a ghost and Caleb ain't there? Is he dreaming? Are we going to wake up? He's just dreaming and he's still in San Diego. Is that going to be how how things end when the season's over? Because it's very much so odd, all right? So, you know, and, and that scene was that scene was awkward, but the perform the scene at the graveyard was awkward, but the performance wasn't. All right. So Jameson checks in with his parole officer. He's trying to try out for a team in Montreal, but the parole officer denies him that opportunity. Uh, then, you know, Malik is getting tested to see if there's something neurologically wrong with him, but he gets a clean bill of health and he tries to say, Hey, do you think I have CTE? And then, like, I guess the the nurse was like, you know, like CTE is not diagnosable to post mortem. You know, we don't, we can't diagnose CTE with you being a living, breathing person. You know, but if you have a clean bill of health, I can refer you to a therapist if need be. I will like if they did that angle again, but I don't think that they will. I think that Malik is just going to just go back and play, and maybe it sets up something happening to him later on. We'll see. I think that that would be you know a pretty good storyline of that work to happen. All right. So then Tasha comes through. All right, and Tasha checks in, you know, with the parole officer for Jameson. And basically, after what he's what she saw at the tryouts, is gonna make a play for Jameson to now be her client for Tasha Mac agency. And you see that scene materialize when Tasha goes to the strip club, sees Jameson stripping, sort of messes with him, throwing dollars at him and all of that. And then Jameson sort of goes off saying, I don't need your sympathy, I don't need your pity. And then, you know, Tasha Mack is like, hey, you're my client now. And then Jameson's excited because Tasha's like, yeah, I'm going to get you a tryout for a team. And it sets up that Jameson is probably going to be playing for the Fighting Fury because Tasha's going to find a way for him too. All right? And I think that's interesting as well because I'm already rooting for Jameson because I think that it's something with that story that's not adding up with him going down three years for statutory rape and him pleading guilty. I think that there's something in that storyline that needs to be dug into a bit further. And I hope that the writers give it to us. I honestly really hope so. So that's one of the things I'm looking forward to these next couple episodes is seeing like what happens with Jameson. Cause I'm, and I am room for the brother. All right. I am room for him, but you have Brittany. She does like a party, uh, planning, event planning type of vibe. She gets hired by Tasha. Um, you know, Garrett Evans gives her like a bottle of like some champagne um, or whatever, or like it was something like that. I got to look back at what that moment was. It was so much to digest. Um, and then I guess Brittany sold it and then Tasha checks her and it's like, that was a gift of mine. And, you know, you're not to be selling stuff and doing stuff without my permission. And she's like, oh, I'm fired, right? And she's like, actually, no, you're not fired. I'm gonna give you another chance, you know? And then that sets up that, listen, Brittany, you're paying off your student loans. You're making good money. You're paying off all your loans and you're paying off your bills. And now hopefully the debt collectors will leave you alone, but don't mess this up. And now what's going to be the mess up is that she's going to fall for Jameson. Her and Jameson going to start messing around and they got to keep it a secret. So, so Brittany can keep her job. I, I just would have preferred a, a, a different, I would have preferred something different. <laughs> you know, but 
hey man it, it is what it is i give this a five out of ten uh both episodes combined together five out of ten. First episode probably like a a, a two or three out of ten i would give the second episode because we got more answers to the questions and he had strong performances i would give that maybe um i say that the second episode was a six it wasn't a seven because it was still sort of weird and it was very awkward points so they're trying to sort of fill out the storyline and and you know trying to sort of get the story rolling and then maybe mid-season things will change but it, that gets a six out of ten so at three and six we're going to middle that thing out at five. I will still be watching. I have Paramount Plus for a month, all right? And I have the ad tier. And I might upgrade to the to the no ad tier because those ads get on my nerves. Uh, but you got me. I'm here for the, for the next month. I'm looking that, you know, the final episode is going to premiere on Paramount Plus on January the 6th. So we're looking at, you know, a good maybe 10, 12 weeks of, of, of episodes and maybe it'll skip during Thanksgiving. It'll skip during Christmas. So we'll see that fi- that finale be on January the 6th, 2022. I'm here. All right. And I'm going to keep doing reviews. I'm going to keep giving it a chance. But it was piss poor. I, w- I will still say that. And a lot of folks were agreeing with me. I just want to say that. Uh, I tweeted out some stuff about the show. And I want to read it to you because a lot of folks were like, yeah, man, you right. Like they still were like rocking with what. I was saying about the show. All right, so I did this thread on Twitter and it got like five likes. I'm not like a celebrity, so I didn't get a lot of likes, but people were rocking with it and they did find my account to agree. I said, just started watching this reboot of the game and it ain't the same. I know y'all hated the BET version, but this was way worse thus far and I'll keep watching. But then like I, I started talking about it. I said, the problem is they're trying too hard to make it cinematic instead of improving on what made it great to begin with. We fell in love with the characters and wanted to see them win. This cold open has me mad confused because who are all these people, man? But I am room for Jameson. I don't like Brittany, Tasha. I'm trying to fill out Tasha and Malik, but I'm room for Jameson. So that's, that's all you got, all right? And then I said, where's TT? Why could you not get Caitlin Smith to reprise her role as adult Brittany on the reboot? And even Tasha and Malik aren't hitting like they used to. And then when I was watching the episode, um, I heard that, you know, that don't judge me. I was like, is that Malik or Will Smith? <laughs> and then someone said, I'm going to read some of, some of like, you know, other people's responses. So the shiny rice said, I just finished watching the reboot and I personally enjoyed it. I look forward to watching every week. I think it just has the right amount of everything a reboot should have. Tasha Mack has been my fave since first episode and her and Malik are still hidden. I respect it. But it's just, it's not the same to me. It, it, they, they just don't hit the same, but I do like Jameson. Jameson would be my guy. But I will give it another, I will give it more chances. I want to support black actors and actresses. I love Mar Rocket Kill, and there's nothing else better to do. I mean, might as well. You know, Power Book 2 is coming back. I want to stream some more shows. I want to get Paramount Plus. So I'm going to ride it out. All right. So you're going to hear more from me on that front. Outside of that, make sure to follow Pulse Radio on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter at Pulse Radio 100, and also YouTube at Pulse Radio. And don't forget to follow our sports coverage. We have Ariel that's doing NFL episodes for Pulse Sports, and she's talking about the NFL. We got Odell Beckham going to the Rams. We have some great games coming up on Sunday, so make sure to tune in because she's going to break that down. And of course, I got you, NBA. It's getting interesting. Them boys trying to fight each other. So I'm telling you, man, it's getting really interesting in the NBA. 
and it looks like we have a season of parity. So it seems like it's a little bit of equality that's going on, you know, in the league. So I'm excited just to see how things will turn out. But outside of that, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on the other side. You're listening to Post Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture.